Welcome to the new Next Level. I'm your host, Heidi Mitro, and you are hearing our dog, Apollo, <laughs> in the background. Right, I gotta go shut the Apollo, no problem. So today, we are going to be talking to you as parents. So Mike and I have, and he will be joining us again as soon as our pooch Apollo has a little attention. So we're coming to you as parents, and Mike and I have three elementary school age kids. So this conversation that we are having today is not necessarily about what you should be doing. This conversation is not necessarily about what we think you should be doing. This is a conversation being had in so many households right now, and we wanna make sure <laughs> that there is some level of support happening. And so we're gonna give you a little peek behind the curtain about how Mike and I make decisions. Now, this isn't going to be like a debate. This isn't going to be what should be happening for every household. This is going to be a roadmap of how to make aligned decisions. So I, I'm going to unmute you here, babe. Or maybe you can unmute yourself. Welcome. Welcome, Michael. I'm hey, happy thanks. you're here. <laughs> happy to be here. So the school year is upon us, and I feel like we just took a deep breath once school got out because it was like, okay, we don't have to like make any more decisions. We don't have to distance learn. We don't have to try to figure out how to do this big, massive, unpredictable thing. And now mm -hmm. we're like ramping up because it's happening again. And so I'm curious just um, from a dad's perspective, from your perspective in particular, how are you feeling about what's happening school year wise? confused mm. um unsure unsure I feel like yeah i mean I, I i think the in um what's the word i'm looking for here uh the, like the lack of information on lots of different levels and then the idea that we're making these con well in some cases really concrete decisions based on current information when that changes from like week to week on some mm -hmm. level. Can you put it's, your other earbud in? I'm getting like a little feedback from. How's that? Much better, thank you. Yeah, sure. Um, making concrete decisions, uh, you know, on some, in, in some cases and, and definitely concrete declarations uh, on, some, on some level based on information that's you know in flux pretty much like right. um and so that that it's uh yeah it's a little nerve-wracking on some level to and so with that being said then what do you do right like you can't stay in panic and you can't stay in uh anxiety so well you can you can right you can <laughs> and right. you're gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be a really un really constantly uncomfortable place to be so what are your options right and we're navigating a really intense season not only in you know our lives but in our history and with and it isn't just our town it just isn't our state it's a worldwide thing and so there feels like at least for me there's this feeling of there's nowhere to run and there's like <laughs> that that trapped feeling of i can't even just take off and go relax somewhere i can't 
run from this. And I think mm-hmm. that that has I mean, been a go to Turkey. <laughs> I'm not, I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want oh. to, I don't want to travel. I, there's a, a certain level of energy required to do the basics right now. And mm-hmm. I feel like in our culture, we have specifically in the United States and specifically like hardworking, you know, well, that's a whole other topic, the hardworking uh, mantra. But th- we, we live in a culture where that is valued, like get as much done as humanly possible, get on the treadmill, do the status quo, keep going, keep going, keep going only stop on weekends to get completely trashed <laughs> and shop and distracted and then jump on the hamster wheel on Monday morning mm-hmm. after you've had Sunday evening anxiety. And I think you and I have a different take on things because we don't necessarily do things in a status quo way. It still can be you know, perceived as status quo, but I also think we make pretty intentional choices. And right. And with that said, there is no correct answer right now. There is no singular definition of success. There is it looks no different for everyone. Yeah, it does. I mean, it, it, I think it really depends on what your what you well. I mean, just to say it, like what your values are and how you you know what what's right for you, what's right for your family. Right. And I think the idea that 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 there is a one size fits all for everyone has been part of the issue for a long time. Right. And we're in a, in a place in time and history where it's important on a fundamental existence level. Like your very existence depends on how you approach these topics. Right. Um, and so I think it's important for people to, to, um, get in tune with that if that's a place where you are and and you're open to that like making decisions based on what's right for you and i think that just to give people a, a glimpse i mean you and i are both in the health field we're both in the coaching world we have both been in therapy we have both done a lot of self reflection and the way that we guide our lives is based on a set of not only individual values but familial values they're like literally hanging on our wall i don't know if you'll be able to see that behind the telescope and the zones of regulation that's totally something we learned (laughs) from montessori (laughs) and both of those tools we use pretty regularly and for us the way that we make decisions first and foremost starts with what we value and when the macro feels so out of control and so uncertain and is changing on a daily basis, the way that you and I find our equilibrium and try to like calm some of that anxiety is to go super back to the basics, micro values. And for, I think you and I share this, correct me if, if there's a a different variation for you, but the, our family's health, Mm-hmm. is is our number one and that doesn't just mean physical health more often than not it means mental health first yep and it yep. becomes it isn't necessarily like we're talking about educating our kids but you and i have determined and this is not our our default yet but i think it's getting closer our our priority is yours and my mental health mm-hmm. because if we don't have that the way that you know we've talked about it is like we are piloting a plane that's going down. Like if you and I are over right now. 
Yeah, totally. I hear that too. Like if you and I are in spas mode or if you and I individually are having our own thing, you can feel how our household gets whipped up. You see it in the behavior, you see it in the dog's behavior. They can, they can pick up on that also. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's not, it's definitely not um, a mystery typically when there is a, a thing, you know, and it's easy to want to just like punish them or or make them better or like okay this is this is all their fault or their problem and really every single time if you're looking at the outside world and there is something going on you have an opinion about it you are affected by it and that is your point of power and so Absolutely. our very first priority that you and I have talked about is yours and my individual and collective adult mental health is value number one right now. Mm -hmm. And that means that our definition of success has drastically changed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like I showered today. Totally. So, but yes, but for real, like, um, yeah. And I think at the beginning when it was like everybody home and now I wanted to like completely remodel our house and all the clutter is pissing me off and all of our systems are broken. And when I go into spaz mode, I get into all or nothing thinking. And we've had this conversation that it's actually a pretty, it's, it's immature, but I don't mean that from a degrading place. It, there's usually some sort of trauma that has happened that's keeping you in crisis mode. And we did go through a collective worldwide traumatic experience. And so shifting into, yes, exactly. Shifting into all or nothing thinking is a sign of being in crisis. And you and I kind of check in, like, are we in crisis mode? Are we in discomfort mode? Or are we in growth mode? And I can't make growth decisions when I'm in crisis. Absolutely. I think that, I think the thing that's extremely unique about the current state of affairs is that it's ongoing you know right there's no it hasn't it hasn't stopped and it's multifaceted yep and there are many layers to it and so it's crazy if you think about it from a in, in, in like a um a trauma instance perspective if that makes sense like when you experience a trauma typically um, especially if it's a big, you know, you know, national or you know, regional or municipal kind of a thing. It's a, it's a, it's a tornado or it's an earthquake or it's, uh, you know, something like that where it, it has a finite, the actual action or the actual, um, in, incident or episode is defined by time. Mm-hmm. This is not. This is not right. defined by time because it continues over and over. It's like Groundhog Day. We were t- I mean, mm-hmm. wake up every day and still here. So right. So then, it's what a, do it, you do? It re- then it requires a whole new set of skills that I don't think any of us have. Ha- at least prior to this, we didn't have to call on, um, or not in the form that we we had you know had previously known them. So, and I think that that is. I mean, we use this phrase a lot just because it's the name of my coaching business. It requires you to go to the new next level and that new next level deeper, that new next level of skill set. And what I find to be (laughs) 
I still think it's weird that I'm an adult and I still think it's weird that there are people that live in our house who think I am one, but (laughs) there's like this, this misnomer when I was a kid that it's kind of like Ola from Frozen 2 or whatever, like this will all make sense when I get older. This shit does not make any more sense than it did in March. And I feel like you, the, the, what I was taught when I was in school is you gain the skill and then you go apply it. And that isn't actually how the world works. And the, the longer I've been in business and the more entrepreneurs I've met, the more I realize that people actually go do things way before they have the skill set to do it. Mm-hmm. And so if you're coming at this, I've not said this before, but if you are approaching school or, or um, you know, what you're going to do with your kiddos in the fall as a, an employee, it, it will, it's a different skill set. But if you pr- approach it as an entrepreneur, I'm, I'm going to maybe dig myself into a little trouble. But as an entrepreneur, you're going before you're ready. yeah, you always go before you're ready. I have, no, I'm, I'm saying like you right now, like, I know, should I keep am talking. Too. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, I know, I know. Um, but that, it, it's a, there is a risk tolerance that comes with being self employed. And most of the time, and you get the behind the scenes of this on, on a regular basis of like, I don't know what I'm doing. Even though to my clients, it looks like I know what I'm doing or I am figuring it out and something that I teach and I don't, I really don't love learning this, but clarity only comes through confusion. You don't start with clarity. No, I think the thing is people are waiting for that feeling of confidence. Like they know what they're doing, but it doesn't happen until you're actually doing it. Yeah. Confidence never comes. So if you wait until you feel like you have all the skill sets and all the tools, you're going to be waiting forever. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, um, and you're you know, paralyzed and anxious. It's, it's, it's very much t- similar to that um, conversation that we've had. And I'm sure other people have had around, like, I'm going to, we're not ready to have kids yet, or I'm not ready to get married yet or whatever the thing is. Mm-hmm. I'm not ready to start running yet. However, it, like if you wait, you will continue to wait. Yes. And, um, and that's I a lead. Think, we're still continuing and that's the lead and i think of we're still continuing to wait just, just when you think you have gained a new level of confidence something else comes along that requires you to be in a place of learning again and so right. it's never it's again it's that that whole mentality of once i get x everything will be perfect i'll coast through the rest of my life and uh that that's not real. That will never right. happen for anyone. Right. Um, and so I think it requires a mindset shift around flexibility and, um, and a little bit of, you know, humility. You're, you're going to be humbled a lot. I think as, especially during a process like this, where no one has ever done anything like this before. So no one is doing it quote unquote, right. Um, and, and I think we're all looking around and if we for don't the adult. Do anything, <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we are, we are, we're, we're all looking around for that adult, but in actuality, we are the adults. And just like uh, the quote from last night, like, this is the perfect example, governments fail, but people, what was it? People, people don't, people don't. Yeah. Like people will step up and, but we're watching to, a series is, on Netflix right now. What's it called? Down to earth with Zach yeah. Efron and yep. 
it's, it's totally fulfilling that value of travel for us right now and sustainability and nature. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, but it's also really poignant. So if you need a good binge watch on Netflix down to earth, it's really, it's a good show. There's yeah. The, the episode we watched last night was about Puerto Rico mm -hmm. and how governments fail and, but people come together <laughs> and that's, that is, I think what's happening right now as well is the, there are so many macro structures that are failing mm -hmm. and it's affecting people on such a fundamental level. The macro failings are highlighting micro vulnerabilities. Absolutely. And that is where you and I are making these choices where it's like, what is the micro that has to be taken care of today? And oftentimes we're in this mentality of let's just do this morning. Let's just yeah. do this cup of coffee. And our kids want to know what's next. They want to know what are we doing? Where are we going? What's happening? And how many times a day do we say, I'm just doing this moment. Mm -hmm. And if I can find that sweet spot equilibrium of this moment, that is my new definition of success. I don't, and our kids are Montessori schooled, so we're not worrying about grades. Success academically for us is like, I feel like we've achieved it. They can mm -hmm. read. They're kind. They know how to navigate the internet you know, for the most part, like we're still, mm -hmm. they're still learning, but we we're come, we're operating from a place of, we are already successful. No, right. And, and I think to write that down, if you need to remember that, <laughs> like operate from a place of your success is already happened. Mm -hmm. And I think the definition of success is in the process of being reshaped also. A hundred percent. Um, cause I've had this, here I go again. You want to sit next to me on the bench? Cause I'm, I always do. All right. So I'm going to repeat myself for <laughs> the first time here, but you know, it's happened in other conversations, but you know, it's, we're, what we're, what's we're witnessing is a tectonic shift in our society on, you know, it started in 2008 from the, you know, the economic model mm -hmm. changed. Which we were very much impacted by, like our right. whole and, world got flipped upside down during that economic shift. Yep. And so companies are, and, and now it's even more poignant as companies are starting to realize that employees can be, I'm going to just go off on a little tangent for a second. Employees can be productive in some place other than their building. And so the model of the big corporate headquarters with all the cubicles and, um, well, it doesn't work anymore. Right. First of all, because there's no incentive for people to stay there because their job might not be there in a week. Right. It's just a fact of life that companies are, are changing so fast and that the economic model is changing so fast that there's no job security. So there's no going to a company after you graduate from college and, and working there for 30, 40 years and then getting your watch and retiring. That, that model doesn't exist anymore. And unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to, how, depending on how you look at it, the education model that we have is still years and years behind the economic model that we're trying to prepare these people for. And so and that is because technology has been introduced. Like technology happens so fast and well, economics I, I, are tied to that. And our school system is tied to that. But there's always a back backlog of mm -hmm. changing well, on a systemic level. But I think change won't happen until it's forced in those, in those two, especially in those two. Like if you, 
I think that's pretty across the board. I don't know that I've ever willingly been like, you know what? I really think I need to change. (laughs) There's usually some, there's some trauma that has brought that on. So I was talking to someone about, um, a new job that they had and their company had just gone through this renovation and um, construction of their new corporate headquarters. And, um, you know, like within the last year Mm. and then COVID hit and now everyone is required to work from home. So now this building is basically brand new and empty. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, it has all the stuff for all of these people so they can come there and be productive. And I think what, companies are finding out is that people can will be more productive from a like a virtual location and it obviously is dependent upon the requirements of your job that's not true across the board but from a the way our the the service industry and that's not i'm not talking about food but i'm talking about like financial services and banking and you know uh, insurance and all these other things like those industries really can be virtual like you don't right. have to be in the same space as the people that you're talking to or your clients or whatever the thing is um and those that's what has you know in the second half of the 20th century and beginning of this one is what drove our economy and and now that's changed and the education model is struggling to catch up and so this opportunity that has presented itself in the last six months Mm-hmm. It's a, I mean, in the, on a scale of change, so drastic. And I think what happens, especially as people are trying to make a decision about what to do this fall, is mm-hmm. there's so much pressure on school year beginning September 2020 or August 2020. There's so much pressure on this mm-hmm. school year. And you and I, let's just be real, are in a really privileged position where we can both be here. And we, our needs are met, our basic, basic needs are met. Most of our Mm -hmm. wants are met. You and Mm -hmm. I are in a good place. Our kids are healthy. We've got it really good and we know it. Mm -hmm. And this becomes then our opportunity to be of service. When you are in a a stable-ish space, (laughs) then you start looking around of how can I contribute? If you are in a place where you're like, I've lost my job. I don't have childcare. I am a single parent. I am in an abusive situation. I actually don't know how to educate my kids. We don't have internet. Those are crisis level needs that are not being met. And we Mm -hmm. are being shown in a vulnerable time in history that there are systems that are not in place to protect our most vulnerable. And Mm -hmm. that is a, those are different decisions. People in in those types of situations are making life and death decisions. And I want to be really clear that you and I are not in that position. And I don't want to pretend that I have the answers for all of that. It makes me, it lights me up to go, okay, who do we actually know that, that may be in this position? And if you know of people that are in this position, we, we do want to know, we may not have the solution, but we may have the connection or, Mm -hmm. or the resource within our community or fundraising. Like I get lit up about stuff like that. There's going to be another segment of parents who are in this discomfort place of like, I actually don't want to be home with my kids. <laughs> I look forward to them going to school. I mm-hmm. need some separation. I have a hard time managing being at home with them and doing my job. That's mm-hmm. discomfort, right? Where it's like, okay, that's when your mental health becomes primary. That's when if your kids get all C's this year or 
I have a, a girlfriend of mine where the requirement is five hours a day that she's got to be homeschooling her kids and she's working. And it's like, let's drastically, oops, excuse me, let's drastically lower our standards. Success for this next school year, we just got to totally flip it. It's not going to look anything like the previous, you know, 150 years. And redefining what success looks like for you as a family, for you as a microcosm, that is one way to begin. What does success look like? What does health look like? What, and where you need support. What does support look like? And what does it look like in this time and space? Because yes. different, like, you know, you're talking about people who can't, you know, can't do both right now. And it's, right. It, it's not, not, it's not um, conducive to bring help into the home either. Right. Right. Or so you, then- you have a job where you might be in healthcare or you might, you can't be, you know, a clerk at a, at Target and, and be home with your kids at the same time. And you and I, I think, are in this third category of being at choice. And I feel privileged and really blessed and grateful to be in that choice place. And what that means then is we get to be of service. (laughs) When you get to that place of being at choice, it's about how do we support people who may be in the discomfort or maybe in the crisis. Mm -hmm. And that's one reason we want to have conversations like this. But we also are encouraging you to be gentle as you go. You cannot make a right choice in this case. You, you just can't. There is no 100%. And giving yourself the space to go, this absolutely sucks. And we're in a, a collective anxiety and grief cycle in mm-hmm. our, our country. And so finding your own equilibrium, aligning with your own values, aligning with your own definition of success, which might be... I opened the curtains and I went back to bed. (laughs) That may be success on some days, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm off on a tangent. No, it's fine. I I, I mean, I think that that's a hundred percent accurate. And I think it's giving the, giving ourselves the time to catch up um, to the current um, situation. Mm -hmm. Like, we went into the beginning of the year. Think about it. Think about it from a historical context. That's why I like to do my my deep dives. Like the gradual change, you know, over and gradual is relative. Like if you think about the industrial revolution, like that was fast. But prior to that, you know, it was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of you know, manual labor, there weren't mm-hmm. conveyors and there weren't assembly lines. And then all of a sudden there were, but, but like, even that, like the, the change, the pace of change was, it was comprehensible into the human mind. Mm. And this, this is not like, it requires a reset almost, you know, the way that um, we've talked it, about it, it. Yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say it, it, it might be at some point that it is our, hopefully it's not, but hope, you know, at some point it might be our, status quo that things just are unstable and and uh for the you know foreseeable future i I hope that's not the case but i I think it does But that's reality anyway like we we think that there's an element of stability just because that's what we've always had but the only thing that i i think is you know pretty predictable at least in this time in history is like gravity 
<laughs> like keep our fingers crossed. I know like, the sun. The physics. I mean, there are certain things that are like, but a lot of it is well, the way that we've described it within the context of like my private clients and within my coaching um group is it's like we got to the end of a roller coaster and you know how the end you're just like mm -hmm. and it's like you just hit that and it's done. And there's a whiplash that happens. And for me, there's that feeling of like your stomach drops out and it's a little thrilling. <laughs> but I'm it's just like, laughing because. <laughs> what? I'm sorry, go ahead. We're oh, in the. Oh, you're pausing it. Like there the bus part. Simpsons. Not, Homer's oh, riding on the bus. Am I still here? Yeah, go, go say it again. Because this, okay, so this is how every. Like, it's a, it all relates starts. back to the Simpsons. God and so. <laughs> Homer gets on the bus with the kids and they're riding on the bus and he's like, okay, he's the safety salamander is wearing this costume or whatever. Oh like, God. okay, kids buckle up. And they're like, there are no seatbelts on this bus. And he's like, well, how do you restrain yourself in case he has to stop short? And Otto's like that, that, uh, that metal bar right at tooth height is what'll <laughs> stop them. Like it's what, yes. so anyway. But. It all comes back to the Simpsons at our house. Even when Mike and I were dating, there's always a Simpsons reference or family guy or the office. There's I always they, some they reference. Getting, they keep asking me to wear the, the Wiggum shirt. And I told them that that's not. Not on this. Yeah. Discipline. We don't, we don't need more discipline. That's not where we're at. Ralpa. Oh yes. Okay. So winding it all the way back, the way you and I are navigating how we're going to educate our kids is from a luxurious place and we recognize that which is to be at choice we are a two-parent household our income is stable we've got a roof over our heads our needs are met we d we don't necessarily have to make crisis level decisions if you are in that crisis space or you're at that choice space or you're at that dis middle spot of discomfort the answer is still the same your mental physical and emotional health have got to be the primary, no matter mm -hmm. what. And everything. And then, you look for support. And then right. it's support, absolutely. And we we want to be that level of support. I also think it's really going to be fascinating to see what happens with relationships as we start to know what people are going to be doing in the fall with their kids. There's going to be so much judgment all the way around. Mm -hmm. And the way that you and I are comfortable with what we do is when we align our decisions with what we value, which is connection and collaboration and nature and health. And for one school year, and who knows how long, but I can't go too far out into the future. It's too anxiety producing and there's not enough mm -hmm. information to know yet. So just do today. Yeah. Today, you and I actually don't have to make a concrete decision. Our district hasn't rolled out the options yet, and they won't until, you know, August. almost the middle of August. Yeah. And so what we are doing in the meantime is spending time with each other, getting really settled in our values, talking about what our different options are, getting input from our kids. And none of us are going to be able to make concrete decisions in this district until we know what the options actually are. So and, my job is to stay as, as chill in the center as possible. And by August, the middle of August, we don't have any idea what is, what things are going to look like. I think right. that's the thing that's the most challenging um, is the expectation that, you know, it, it, people, people are still compartmentalizing shit. Like, yeah. Um, you know, and they want right, certainty. I'm, I'm really focused on what the district's proposals are going to be 
but and over here you know the virus is still doing its thing you know um and so and the government is still doing its thing and or, it, uh, yeah not. And so depend who knows you know they're not they're not mutually exclusive they are all impacting each other and so whatever the decision might i mean it could something could happen that week that they decide that that's when they're going to roll out their decision and completely up, upend the, the prior you know three weeks worth of work that has been done to come up right. with this so the idea that, that there anything is concrete is you know it's a what do they call that um it's the definition of insanity right like is that it i don't know no, anyway so doing the same yeah. thing over and over and expecting a different result is insanity sure right. but this can make sure. you feel i know where you're going though this can make you feel like you're insane it can mm -hmm. it's very um disconcerting and discombobulating and there's a, a feeling of being out of control and we have to, we have to honor that. There yeah. has to be an acknowledgement of the grief. I'm looking at like our oldest, this is his last year at Montessori and they have this brand new building and we're not even sure he's going to be able to step foot in it. And, and we're not even dealing with like what the high school seniors dealt with and what the college seniors and you and I have been pretty insulated from some of, some of those types of of decisions and grief and navigating and and grief isn't a competition right and it's, mm -hmm. it's important for you to acknowledge your grief for those sweeties that are entering kindergarten for those mamas yeah. who are just like I just need my kids to go back to freaking school <laughs> like mm -hmm. we need to acknowledge that first and foremost I really believe our mental health we've been separated we've been isolated we've been in conflict and now yeah. it's like we are hyper focused on this like how are we going to educate our kids as because it's something to focus on it's something mm -hmm. that we can get concrete about but yet we can't yep and so it becomes i got to go ultra micro what are we just going to do in this moment yep and that and sucks. I, think the, I think the <laughs> the the separation and the um the distance that we've had from our communities on mm -hmm. some level um in some places more than others uh, you know i think it's again it's created somewhat of a barrier and yeah. i think we have to go, get back to the idea that we are all human beings occupying this space in time together mm -hmm. and really everyone just wants to be able to do their life right i don't i'm not looking i don't i don't want to prevent someone from doing their life and i don't want someone to try to prevent me from doing mine we're all one big collective human species together and we all want what's best for our families and all the other extraneous bullshit that is being interjected into the conversation is just muddying the waters so I think it's important for people to get to a place of like calm and and in touch with their values before they make any decisions or declarations going forward. Like, and I think it, that includes social media, where it's like absolutely. I don't I don't post a whole lot of controversial stuff. One because like who the hell am I to know? Like, it, it's just so big. It's so big. And it's a disconnect the way that I operate on social and in my daily life is how can I stay connected? Like 
as being being um, antagonistic on social media doesn't doesn't connect me. And I really do think of us as on the planet we are on the same team. <laughs> and if if I have to be right and you have to be wrong, we we become other. We become oppositional. Mm-hmm. And there's no there's no solution there. One of the reasons that I don't like to post things too far on one side or the other is I think it cuts off an opportunity for connection and conversation. And yeah. what we do to people online is very different than what you would say to someone to their face. Now, there are exceptions. There are some people who are just going to be so disconnected from themselves and in so much pain or have been traumatized in other ways that I'm going to be their, their scapegoat and the worst person on the planet. I, mm-hmm. Some people you can't connect with. But I don't want to be so oppositional that we can't find some common ground. Yeah. And if you need a place to start, start with like dogs. People love to talk about their dogs. Democrats and Republicans can all talk about dogs, right? Like black and white, we can agree on dogs. Like they're somewhere in the middle <laughs> if we can keep those lines of communication mm-hmm. open. And right now people are making, nobody is choosing from chocolate and vanilla and strawberry ice cream we're choosing between, oh my God, that's awful. Oh my God, I don't want to do that. And how am I ever going to survive this? Those are Mm -hmm. our choices. And so when you come from that place of alignment with, even though those are my choices, connection is the primary value. For me, that is like what I lead with. So connection to myself looks like I got to go on a daily walk. I got to eat well. If I'm going to be sharp tongued, I got to tell you, dude, I got to take a break. (laughs) or to my kids, like I need five minutes by myself. I have to stay in that connected place. I think our goals have to get so much smaller that I think our definition of success has to be smaller. I would agree. So final thoughts as we're wrapping it up, what if you, if you were going to give parents watching your best platinum piece of advice, on how to navigate educating their kids this fall, what would it be? Um, I, I think it starts with that idea that we have to kind of readjust our definition of success. So be having some grace around the process um, knowing that it's going to be imperfect and they're going to be hiccups and no one's done this before on this kind of a scale. So um, just having, approaching it from a, you know, a compassionate standpoint for yourself, for your kids, for your whoever, or, you know, whomever ends up being the one that is doing educating, whether it's yourself or a distance learning to your district or whatever, but just approaching it from a compassionate place, realizing that the job that these people are doing is impossible. Yeah. And so, but how great is it that we have people in our communities that this is their job? And I mean, I, I'm i very appreciative because it, you know, it's not for everyone. I don't think I could do that job. So, um, and if, you know, just approaching it from a compassionate standpoint, I think that's it. That's my take. Compassion. That's my mm-hmm. advice. Yeah. I think for me, it really is to tend to the immediate need. And sometimes the immediate need for me is 
to go for a walk. Sometimes the immediate need is I have to cry the tears that have been sitting behind my eyeballs because I'm scared and I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> There's a fatigue that's happened, right? Sometimes tending to the need is I need to remember that I, this is an opportunity. Sometimes tending to the need is saying to our kids, like, we actually don't know and we're in this together. And so I, I think my piece of advice would be to tend to the present moment mm -hmm. and truly recognizing the different stations or the different categories of crisis and discomfort and choice. And if you are in crisis or you have people in your life that are in crisis, like we really do want to know. We've got enough connections. We have enough resources. We have enough bandwidth to be of service right now. And we want to be. So if you've got kiddos that you know that are hungry or you have women that you know that are in abusive situations and, you know, sheltering in place, like we want to know this stuff. Like we want to be, we're in a position where we have the bandwidth for that. Those of you that are in this discomfort place know that we, we are too and that you cannot do this wrong. And those of you at Choice, reach out to us too. If you've got resources, if you have other ways that you are doing it, let's, let's remember that we don't have to wait for the macro to catch up. We, we, we can do and must do the micro of connection with each other. Connection doesn't mean we always agree. Connection means we care enough to stay in a place where we can disagree and we, we can support one another in each other's values. So, yeah, and I think that's the, 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 my takeaway from what you just said is that if you don't know the, the answer or if you don't have the solution, it, someone else does and mm -hmm. it's okay to ask for help. You know, yes, like, there are feedback people or input. Yep. There are always people out. There's always someone that is going to have a solution of some kind or another, or, or they may not be the one, but they know the, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I do. One of my coaches so, says that the person that you need is already in the room. Mm -hmm. And I love this. And then she, she has these conversations where you have your big ask, like, what's your big ask? So like a big ask might be like, I, I want to do more speaking engagements. Who do you know? And they may not know, but someone else may not know. Or I need a photographer, which by the way, we have an excellent photographer. <laughs> like I need, I need my next meal. We are connected enough if we use our resources appropriately to get it all done. And so, I, yeah, I think. I, I love the, the, the idea that um, yeah, we cannot wait for the dissemination of information from the top down in order to make decisions like on right. some level. Right. So and I, I there think, are places where we have more control than we think we do. Right. And oftentimes that means slow down and our country and our world has slowed down at such a holy cow roller coaster end that I think we're all just kind of starting to get our equilibrium. And now we have to make these big decisions again. And mm -hmm. so go tend to the immediate need first make those micro decisions and we tr you and i are going to be you know in continued conversation for those of you that you know need the support want the support i posted some other resources on um my heidi mitro business page that you know talk about trauma and it talks about 
overwhelm with being an at-home parent with educating kids like we're just going to continue to share and if you have resources we really do want to be that space um, where you can be held exactly where you are how you're feeling is okay and acceptable and once you feel it all the way through let's let's find out what your very next step is so tend to this step and we'll figure out the very next step once a one step at a time so yeah Right on, sister. Cool. And full disclosure, we haven't made any concrete decisions. But I think that we are both at peace with that today. Today isn't the day that we're actually going to make that decision either. Right. And I have a lot of peace around that and peace is a value. <laughs> mm -hmm. So go forth, do today, do this moment. If you have found a strategy that's working for you, share it in the comments as well or send us an email. Um, you can reach me, Heidi, at thenewnextlevel.com. We, we want to be a source of information and inspiration and connection. And uh, stay tuned. More conversations to be had. So thank you, Mike. Yeah, for sure. Thank <laughs> you, Heidi. All we'll right, see friends. You. Drive carefully. Yeah. I'll see you through the garage in just a moment. Okay, okay. friends. We will see you uh, very soon. Be well. Be healthy. And uh, we'll talk soon.